Okay, all set? Yeah. All right. Uh... <laughs> I'll leave that in. Just like, <laughs> so we're starting. Just how excited you are to be here. All right. Welcome to episode 72 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And uh, right at the top of the show, let me get something out of the way. Cameron, happy birthday. Thank you. Because we were recording on your actual birthday. We are. Which is, what What an awesome dude you are to come and do this really boring podcast. <laughs> no, I, I on your enjoy doing this podcast. It is a highlight of my week. That's so nice of you to say that. Yes. <laughs> and here is the card he told me to read. Exactly. <laughs> I can shred that now. Uh, but no, seriously, happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, you just got to enjoy yourself at a Disney World. I did. For the last two weeks. It's sort yeah. of a, a coincidental pre-birthday celebration. How, how was it? It was, it was magical. It, I, I still feel if my energy is low, I'm still in like that Disney hangover phase. Where like I'm, I'm readjusting to the normal <laughs> non-magic world. Understandable. I mean, I've had Disney hangover from just being at Disneyland for an entire day or even yeah. over a couple of days. And you did five days? I did a week. You did a week. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Um, but yeah, it was, it, was, it was everything that I wanted and more. Um, uh, real quick for the listeners. I've already heard this, but for them, uh, best ride at Disney World. <clears throat> oh, the new, the new Pandora ride yeah. in, in, in Animal Kingdom is... It's so... There's like nothing I can compare it to. It's so just otherworldly. Um, and I don't want to, I, I don't want to go into the details because I didn't know going in and I mm-hmm. think that made the experience a little more magical. Okay. Um, but yeah, everyone, if you have the ability to make it to Disney world, um, in, you know, whenever in the next couple of years, I highly recommend going to this ride, uh, get to the park like an hour and a half early because that line, um, it just, I got, I got there an hour early and the line was already 45 minutes long. Hoy. Um, and, and that was on Magic Hour Day, so for people oh, who don't so know. Oh, so you were already an hour before the general yes, public. Yes, yeah. Holy so shit. So the park opens at 9, and yeah. we got there at 7. Oh, goddamn. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for us, because we stayed on resort, the park opened at 8. Yeah. Uh, and we still had a 45-minute wait. And we got when we got off the ride, the park had opened up to the public, and mm-hmm. the line was already at 3 hours. Holy shit. Yeah. But worth it? Yes, absolutely. Okay, and then what's the one ride that everyone can skip if they're going to Disney World? Um, hmm. Uh, You're probably the worst person to ask because you love all of them. I do. You love I do. So and much. and my answer would would be based on what we have here, and that's that's not fair to the viewers who aren't in LA, oh, that's the listeners true. that aren't in LA. Yeah. Um. I mean, everything. Everything was was great. Everything's amazing. Mm-hmm. Best. Country I mean, for for yet. me. Personally, you can skip Everest because I hate roller coasters. Oh, okay. See, if I no, I haven't been about ten years. But when I went, oh no, I know what it is. Primeval Whirl. Fuck that ride. Which one? Primeval. Primeval Whirl. Primeval Whirl. Yes. What the fuck is that? It's in Animal Kingdom, in the dinosaur area. Okay. Um, and it's just, it's Goofy Sky School that we oh, have here. Oh, okay. Uh, but it's uh. The story that goes th- that goes to the ride is it's the seconds before the meteor hits and the dinosaurs go extinct. So you are going up and around. You go up and then you kind of go swing back and forth and then you go down this not steep but uh, you go down this one hill. Okay. And I was fine with that, 
because that's what we have at Goofy Sky School. Yeah. And the part that I didn't like is then the ride just starts spinning. Oh, for fuck like a that. good thirty seconds, and I'm just like, I'm I'm done. I, no, I was I, done after the hill. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> just I, I, me I'm off this thing. I'm with you on that one. I can do I can do a good hill. I'm not a big fan of the spinning. No, it's just gratuitous. Mm-hmm. It's just there to make you sick. Yeah, there's nothing enjoyable about spinning. I've told you the secret to surviving the teacups, right? Don't spin. No, well that helps. But like, I mean, even if, even if you don't physically spin your own cup, the whole ride is obviously still spinning, right? Yeah. So what I found is you'd have to just stare into the eyes of the person across from you because then everything around you is like peripheral. Yeah. And so if you have that focus point in, like don't look at a focus point outside the teacup because right. you're constantly moving trying to focus on it. Inside works. Mm-hmm. And so I, I went with uh, now a friend, but at the time basically just an acquaintance. We ended up in the same teacup together and we discovered this. So we had a real solid bonding moment of we just like had to stare at each other's eyes for like two minutes straight. Sounds beautiful. It was great. It was a, it was a, a magical moment. It sounds I like I highly it. recommend it. <laughs> Oh my God! Well, welcome back. Thank you. We're happy to have you back. It's, the nice it's thing, nice to be back here because I haven't recorded in two weeks. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say the nice thing about having you back is we can actually do an episode uh, timely with what's going on in the Topical. world. Yes. So instead of being three weeks behind, we're now one week behind, <laughs> like usual. Isn't that exciting? Hey, th- this time we're only two days. It's true. Only two days. That's pretty solid. Um, but I mean, we're going to be catching up a little bit on some slightly old news, mm-hmm. but great for auto medium, tons of trailers. Super Bowl. Can you believe Justin Timberlake ripped off her, her bra? Oh <laughs> did you watch that when it happened back in the day? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did too. Actually. It's like, what the fuck just happened here? Yeah. Um, yeah, but lots to talk about in terms of trailers. Um, so I probably, I mean, tons did drop during the Super Bowls. We had an, a brief new Infinity War trailer, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jurassic World. Jurassic World, which looks better the second time around, I will say. Yeah, I, I like mean, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it no matter what. It's yeah. th- That's a movie that, like, for me, marketing isn't going to get me any more excited. It's almost just like a chore to go see that movie. You, did you not like Jurassic World 1? I did, but I'm not, like huge into this into this new world like, okay. i love the original yeah um i'm just kind of like it's just a disaster film at this point yeah i mean there there are aspects of it that i'm intrigued by um i will say i'm, I'm more excited for jurassic world 2 than i am for rampage does oh, that count for you know anything? i finally watched the trailer for that <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> what the fuck is going on i know Oh god! And then, of course, we had the the solo trailer, which I was like, man, the first time I watched it. I've now seen it a few times, having gone to see Black Panther a few times. Obviously, it's it's up there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It'll be fun. I would have much as like most of the Star Wars fans, from what I've heard so far, is everyone just wants a Lando movie. Honestly, yeah. Yeah, I, I would have much. Preferred we just a Lando want. Movie. We just want a movie with Donald Glover. I, yeah. Can we? Actually, we should do. Can we get a Lando movie with Chewie? Yeah. Because I love Chewie. Mm-hmm. So let's get the two of them, and we can just skip. I, I don't really care about a young Han Solo. I like Alden Ehrenreich. Um, mm-hmm. I really liked him in Hail Caesar, which I otherwise did not like. Right. I think I probably mentioned that before. <laughs> I think, I don't know. It, it's hard to get from the trailer if he's going to be good in that role or not. Well, because he doesn't say a word in the trailer. <laughs> yeah, we get all voiceover. I think we get like... like Lando literally doesn't say a word in the trailer. He screams at the end, and that's all yeah, we get from but Lando. But he's just so fucking cool. Yeah. That's that mustache. He's got that bright yellow jacket on. Mm-hmm. Just, oh, my God. Now, I mean, look, of course we're going to go see it. I'm, I guess I actually am looking forward to it, even if I'm not like crazy, crazy excited for it. Yeah. At this point, having seen Black Panther, which we'll, I think, touch on at the end. Spoiler alert. Fucking loved it. It's so good. Um, super excited for Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Which is next. Finally. It's next. 
Um, but we did have some other trailers come out. Uh, what should we start uh, with? Let's start low and work our way up. So Venom. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched the Mr. Sunday movies video yet. Okay. The the highlight from it, which I still want to, I want to try to do this with my mom, which I hope I can do it before she listens to this episode. Okay. Um, so I have 48 hours. Mm-hmm. But um, Get on top of that. The... Uh, uh, the Weekly Planet podcast posted this question of, or this prompt of, show this trailer to someone who doesn't know who Venom is <laughs> and ask them what they think the movie is about. Because if you look at it from that perspective, this is kind of about a guy that was in a train crash uh, and is waking up and is now a little bit crazy. Yep. Yeah. And I, there also happens to be some black goo yeah, that just, might do something. Might do something. You know, it looks like it might be still from space because it looks like there's a spaceship crash, right? Yes. So I guess it is still a symbiote. alien, so that's mm-hmm. kind of cool. I thought maybe they might go the ultimate route and have it be a, um, like, a in the Ultimate Comics, it was Peter Parker's dad and Eddie Brock's dad were both working on, like, this, um, this it's basically a medical goo that okay. you could use like heal injuries and that sort of thing and it mm-hmm. goes crazy becomes symbiote so i guess it's better that it's alien that's more grounded in the comics yeah i'm just still wondering how the fuck are they gonna wait get away with it being venom without it ever coming in contact with spider-man because that's yeah. the whole point it has to come it comes in contact with spider-man first it absorbs his abilities and then when it bonds to eddie or whoever else we know it's eddie brock in this particular iteration it carries over the powers of spider-man yeah so what the fuck is it well there are rumors and i mean this isn't gonna help the case but there are rumors that carnage is going to be in the movie yeah so maybe carnage already has the powers i guess but you feel like i mean it might be interesting to do a a a, a, re- a reverse on the typical format which is that the hero has the technology first and the villain steals it and goes off with it so it might yeah. be interesting to have the villain occur first and then the hero come along so i guess it, i guess it's possible that but I, again it doesn't make any fucking sense the the black suit Spider-Man is such a huge part of that origin mm-hmm. and a huge part of just the arc of the character. I mean, obviously, it wasn't done well in Spider-Man 3 for various reasons, but, like, it's a good story. It does it just, give us the best piece of cinema ever, though. Oh, that's true. Uh, Peter Parker, like, strutting his stuff down oh, the street yes. with emo hair. Cool. It's, it's, un, it, it's unbeatable. There's yeah. no filmmaker that could ever top a scene like that. No, it's true. I will say, though, the suit did look good in the movie, the black suit. Mm-hmm. And actually, I liked... The styling of Venom, even if it was the wrong version of the character, yeah, in that movie, um, who knows? Yeah. What, what the other thing that I that I picked up from this trailer that I don't know if it's them trying to hide the CGI or if he has a telekinetic, not telekinetic, yeah, telekinetic villain. But there's two scenes. There's one where they're in like a lab and you just see everything get thrown to the side. Oh yeah. Um, and then when he's driving through, like uh, Tom Hardy's on a motorcycle and he drives through these two SUVs and they just kind of fly up in the air. Oh, you mean what is obviously a stuntman on a motorcycle, not Tom Hardy? No, it's Tom Hardy. <laughs> Tom Hardy does his own stunts. Um, I, I, I can't tell if it's if the main villain, which may or may not be Carnage, yeah. if they are just psychic or if we're going to see those scenes again, but it's they're gonna you're gonna see like the Venom tentacles from his back and that's what's like throwing everything oh, around. Oh, that could be. Yeah, they maybe they're going with the the Marvel route there and uh making tweaks in the trailers mm-hmm. and not give stuff away. Yeah. It's or possible. as Mr. Sunday movie, who we steal our podcast from. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh as they put it, 
uh, maybe they just don't know what the suit is supposed to look like yet. That's true. <laughs> and so it's not that they're hiding the CGI. It's just they just don't know how they to make the CGI know. yet. No, it's, it's funny that you mentioned we ripped them off because uh, so the Watchtower database, James Strucker, who does that, like mm-hmm. we're friends on Facebook now. We, we realize we're both in the uh, um, weekly pod, or what is oh, it? The, the, the weekly planet podcast, Great Mates Facebook group. Mm-hmm. And he put a post and they're like, oh, look who you happen to discover. Like, <laughs> And I made a comment like, oh, yeah, like, of course I'm here. We ripped off their podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we do, too. (laughs) It's great. Yep, that's all we do. Look, I mean, I've said it before with Venom. The fact that it has Tom Hardy, Michelle Williams, Riz Ahmed, those are all, like, really good actors Mm -hmm. who I would feel like wouldn't do this just for the paycheck. I feel like they'd only do it if they could actually get something out of it. Um, and then Ruben Fleischer did a great job with Zombieland, less so with Gangster Squad, and I haven't seen 30 seconds, 30 minutes or less, so I don't know. Okay. But... Oh, I remember that movie with, uh, Jesse Eisenberg and, uh, Someone Has a Bomb. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I vaguely yeah. remember that movie. So, I don't know. I, well, hopefully it's good. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it's good. Trailer's terrible, but we've had bad trailers for good movies before. It's true. So, uh, we did They're get... starting off with just low expectations. That's yeah. their goal. Okay, wait. Let me see if I can guess now what you rank as number three on our four trailers we're going to go over based on quality. Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess you're going to do Deadpool yeah. next. Okay. That's what I want so to only because you're super excited for Ready Player One, but I love the Deadpool trailer. Me too. Yeah. I, I was thought... fine interchanging either of those. Okay, yeah. It's a good guess. Um, mm-hmm. I love the whole structure of it where it's just like, like, what is this? It's CGR arm? What are you trying to do? Get rid of a mustache? And... Yeah. It's because <laughs> to him playing with like the sheriff Woody Deadpool and mm-hmm. just, oh my god, yeah, and and he even like throws in the joke about Josh Brolin's height. Oh uh, yeah, because for people who don't know, uh, Brolin is only like five ten. Oh, is he really? Mm-hmm. But Cable is supposed to be like seven feet tall. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so that that was a nice little nod. Obviously, the Toy Story joke mm-hmm. it it was very homey for me. Yeah, perfectly in line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just looks really damn good yeah you know i i feel like as long I, I was about to say as long as they deliver what i would want from a deadpool sequel which i mean that's the case for all movies right but it's it, so it's um I'm trying to remember, i think this is david leach yes sure so because chad stahelski and david leach were the two directors of john wick and they have subsequently left to go do other projects um, and I'm pretty sure it's David Leach is doing Deadpool 2. Mm-hmm. But Deadpool or John Wick 2 delivered exactly what I wanted from a yes. John Wick sequel. I got caught up in my own confusion. Mm-hmm. So do that for Deadpool. I'm on board. I mean, if if it's if it the movie's anything like the trailers, I'm already excited. Yeah. Because like they have killed both trailers already. Yeah. And even just the the marketing too. Like there's a great Valentine's uh, image that came out. You probably saw mm-hmm. it a Deadpool painting cable, but he's drawn it like uh, Josh Brolin from, from, from Goonies. The Goonies. Did you see the the updated one? Um, which one was the updated one? Because I've seen people riff on it. So what's the... Uh, Josh Brolin posted one of of cable painting Deadpool, but he's painting the like the ugly skin. Oh, the, the Weapon X or Weapon yeah. 11 Deadpool whatever from X-Men Origins Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Yes, because I've seen that and I've also seen uh, cable painting... Um, Green Lantern in place of Deadpool. That, that's, that's what I want. I, the, my favorite one that I saw, though, this is like the fans have gone and done, was it's Deadpool drawing and it's uh, Henry Cavill's Superman off in the distance with a mustache and then the, the, the easel is a close-up of his face without a mustache. <laughs> just, that's amazing. So good. Um, yeah. Um, oh, I do have side news that, that okay. I forgot to talk about before the movie. Um, because DC continues to... to 
just throw out any potential movie in hopes that fans will get excited for it. I don't know yeah. if you heard about this. Uh, which one is um, this? Now they're talking about Lobo, which we briefly talked about oh, a, few, yeah. a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, who was attached to produce? Who was attached to direct it? Who was it? Uh, I don't remember. Let me just look this up real fast. Um, I remember I liked the person. Yeah, but it's... it's um, if they like all they have to do with Lobo is just oh, make wait. Deadpool again. I, I had it wrong. I don't like the person. Who is it? It's Michael Bay. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's yep. Yeah. I forgot because I was gonna lead with that with Michael I, Bay. I, I feel like there was oh. an, I feel like maybe there was an iteration at this one point where Guy Ritchie was attached, which I could kind of see working. Yes. You know, like, oh, like yes, snatch. because it, this was initially budgeted for two hundred million dollars. Yeah, I'm like, that's no. No, right. If you can make a no. dead, a, an amazing dead, because they're just making this to rival Deadpool. Yeah, uh, and, and I, Deadpool was made for fifty. I think the first one was, yeah, I want to say forty or fifty. Yeah, maybe sixty at the max. I imagine the new one's probably closer to around a hundred. Right, if not a little bit more. But I'm like that's a pretty good guarantee on investment. Mm-hmm. There. But no, don't like no, like it should be like dirty and gritty and like I mean obviously there's, it's gonna be effects heavy because the way that. It would have to be. Yeah. But don't make it a two. No. I know. And Just, Michael, and not Michael Bay. And not, and not Michael Bay. No. Oh. There was a. Well, I think they got their answer on that one. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we'll see. And also another point that fans had, had talked about is they already kind of, they already kind of blew it with acting because who would be better for Lobo, for Lobo than Jason Momoa? That's true. He, yeah, he would have been perfect for Lobo. Uh, yeah, because like the two names that I've seen thrown out are both already taken in the DC universe. What the Rock, Lobo, and the Rock. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Momoa would have been absolutely perfect. Perfect. For it. Yeah, yeah, really perfect for it because that his kind of like bro mentality, like the like the bro attitude that he yeah. got, would work even better for Lobo. Although to mm-hmm. be fair, I did not have an issue with him in Justice League. Neither did I. No, I'm not. I'm not saying like I'd rather see that. I right. love him as Aquaman. Yeah. Yeah, but, but he, he would have been perfect for Lobo. Spot on for Lobo. Yeah, and it's one of those things where I think if they had actually gotten him in a decently budgeted Lobo movie, I think it would have done well enough that they could have had a, not quite the same rival as a Deadpool, but they could have had their own thing going on, and I think it would have been successful. Yeah. But I think now they're just going to put some other random person in there, like Cass Zac Efron or something. I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> the name I was thinking. Yeah, let's do a Lobo musical starring Zac Efron. Down. All right. We've, we've solved four. it, Warner Brothers. Thank God you listen. Yep. Um, <laughs> I, I could see, I wouldn't like it, but I'm just like thinking, because DC is just trying to pick up any muscle actor at this point. Oh, yeah. And the only person I can think of that's left is Marky Mark. Mm, no. Exactly. No, he would not be good as... Oh my I god, I'm a bounty hunter. I want to see Lobo with like <laughs> this intergalactic bounty hunter with a super thick Boston just... accent. <laughs> I want them to I want him to be from the planet Boston. I and it's it's Marky Mark I, hunting Matt Damon. I would not watch that, but I would appreciate its existence. Yes. <laughs> ben Affleck <laughs> is in it, not as Batman, but as Ben Affleck. Just as Ben Affleck, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Yeah, God, I hope they never make that fucking movie. I know. Um, okay, number two. Uh, we'll speed through these next year. Yeah. Okay, Ready Player One. Yes. Uh, I think it was called like, the Imagination Trailer because mm-hmm. it's all done to a cover of Imagination for Willy Wonka. 
looks fucking amazing. Yeah. They had me when I saw a whole bunch of uh, Halo Spartans mm-hmm. like racing across the battlefield. I'm like, <gasps> I'm in. This just it's looks, all needed. It it it's basically they're just like, hey, my kid talks about this. <laughs> yeah, let's just put it in there. Yeah, no, I'm just I'm super damn excited for this. Like it's it's probably not going to be great, but, oh, but I will I be shocked it. if I'm not super entertained by it. It's the dream, the highest it could possibly get for me because my my two favorite movies are Who from Roger Rabbit, right. which Steven Spielberg produced, mm-hmm. uh, executive producer. And Scott Pilgrim, which yeah. is just a conglomeration of a bunch of video game stereotypes yep. and tropes. Mm-hmm. This movie could potentially bring those two movies together. It absolutely could, yeah. And that is the highest it could ever be for me. I wonder I wonder what Spielberg's lowest rated film is on Rotten Tomatoes. It might be 1941, which I've never seen. But it's I like no this idea. weird like World War II era comedy with Dan Aykroyd. Okay. Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> Um, I don't know, but you know, I'm look. It's it's Spielberg, like in Spielberg. It's Spielberg, yeah. yeah. So, I'm I'm excited for it. Mm-hmm. It looks like a lot of fun. I just I just want it to be so good. And it, and it's interesting too because I know he's been. I don't oh, maybe oh actually maybe his new line has the rights to do Halo because I know Peter Jackson was attached at one point as was Neil Blomkamp and then Spielberg's been attached to do a series for a while. There, Halo. I don't. I don't really know what's going on with the Halo world because there's been. I don't know either. Talks and murmurs of a movie since Halo Two, and that yeah. was oh, God, that was like two thousand four. Two thousand four. Yeah. yeah. So it's been it's been a long, long damn time. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking. I'm trying to find his lowest rated film as a director. We're not counting executive producers because he produced like Transformers movies and like <laughs> Eagle Eye. Um, do, 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 do. man, I mean, even like. War of the Worlds, which I did not really care for, 74%. Mm-hmm. Oh, catch me if you can, 96%. That's so a, good. That's a goddamn great movie. Mm. He direct that? Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. That was his, like, the closest he's ever gotten to do a Bond film. Okay. That's part I of the, love Catch Me If You Can. Yeah, that's part of the reason they have that bit about him wearing Sean Connery's suit and buying the DB5, and, like, they play the music and it drives um... across the screen. Because Spielberg, he loves Bond. He's always wanted to do a Bond. And I think he's just... I think kind of like a, a Nolan, I think he's just too big mm-hmm. to do one of those movies. I think the Broccoli's would have a hard time giving up that much creative control. Okay. That being said, they let Sam Mendes do it every one on Spectrum. We saw what happened. So, <laughs> um, okay. Um, why don't you start talking about our, our last trailer that we're super excited for? Oh, yeah, hang on. The Lost World, 53%. Okay. But keep going. Um, Hook, only 29? What the fuck is really? wrong with you people? What? Wow. What? That's embarrassing. No. <laughs> Just no, <laughs> that is no rotten tomatoes. You are mistaken. Yes, I fucking love Hook. <sighs> yeah, thirty-three, nineteen forty-one. Okay, there you go. Wait, is this the the um Robin Williams Hook? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I I I feel like the the reviewers got it mixed up with any other Peter any Pan other Peter live Pan? action like, movie. That mo- okay, it's a little it's a little on the saccharine side, which is that's a fair criticism to throw at that Spielberg. Mm-hmm. That is a really damn good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and it's got so much incredible production I feel design like, and great I feel performances. Like, like the like, reviewers were watching Pan and just got the, the name wrong. Yeah. Like, even, you know, this is like, I feel like a really good, like, genuinely emotional performance out of Robin Williams, too. Like, he's mm-hmm. not just hamming it up. He is a little bit, but like, it's a genuine, and like, Destin Hoffman as Hook. Mm-hmm. Less said about him now, the better. But <laughs> at the time, he made a damn good Hook. So. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Fuck it. Okay. We've gone too far. All yeah. right. Incredibles. Speed, speed through the last one. Incredibles 2. 
Uh, we finally got a trailer. We finally know what the the plot of the movie. I mean, we we know what the idea of the movie is, and yeah. it looks amazing. It absolutely does. It's it's everything that I've wanted in in a sequel. Um, you get to see uh, like a sleep deprived sleep deprived Mr. Incredible with his five o'clock shadow, mm-hmm. uh, feeding Jack Jack's cookies and hoping to keep his powers at bay. I, the whole idea just seems so fantastic to have Elastigirl be the one who gets to jump into the spotlight mm-hmm. and yeah, for Bob have to stay home and take care of the kids. It looks amazing. It looks so good. I'm just, I'm so, I'm so excited for this. I just rewatched the Incredibles today because mm-hmm. I just felt like it. And that movie, God it's, damn it, it's it still my favorite animated movie of all time. It, you know, it might be mine actually. Mm-hmm. I've always, I've always said that I like, prefer Wally. Mm-hmm. And I should go back and revisit Wally. I think I just appreciate Wally as like maybe a slightly more bit of sophisticated filmmaking, maybe on some level. Yeah. Um, and it makes me cry every time I watch it. <laughs> as as Pixar is good at. As Pixar could do even the Incredibles mm-hmm. kind of did it for me today. I was rewatching it when he's saying, like, oh, I'm not strong enough. I'm like, oh god, he's not strong enough. He's scared. <laughs> he's scared. He's super strong, but he's not strong enough. He's so horrible. Um I, yeah. I talked about the 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 Pixar problem in the last podcast right Pixar i think i'm i think i talked about it with you off 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 air problem was the problem um how after up and wally they've transitioned from emotional storytelling to just trying to make viewers cry yes you did mention that i can't remember if it was a real conversation or (laughs) a recorded conversation outside or inside the the podcast world I don't remember. If I didn't, there's a video about it on YouTube. Go and find it. Yeah, I'll add it in the plugs. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's that is fair. It is basically just designed to make make you cry. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Inside Out did that for me. Yeah. Um, it didn't help. I probably mentioned this before on air too. But it didn't help that I saw Inside Out with my mom. I think maybe two weeks before I was leaving to move to LA. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that was the first thing I saw when I moved out here. <laughs> I know, right? And it's like, oh, this was a terrible idea. Yeah. <laughs> That was the first movie I saw by myself. Oh, no. And I walked out of the theater just as a broken man. Yeah. <laughs> It'll do that. They're really good. Mm-hmm. They're really good. I, 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 I'll, real quick, though, we will get into our actual topic for the day. <laughs> but I want to say one last thing about The Incredibles 2. Okay. I realize more than anything else, the single thing I'm most excited about, this means we get a second incredible score from Michael Giacchino. <gasps> Yay! Because I... I had this realization at the end of last year going through like my list of favorite movies, but just perfect music to visuals in a movie gets me every single time. Yeah. Part of the reason I love Black Panther. Amazing music. Oh all the my way god, through. that score was amazing. Oh, that's my plug. <laughs> it's just the fucking score. But the Incredibles, like, cause it, it is so James Bondy, but also so very superhero. Yeah. And watching it again today, actually, there's like little bits of Star Wars in there too. Like even if you think about um like the uh thousand like a hundred mile dash or whatever, mm-hmm. like going through the trees, that's very in line with um the speeder bikes. There's some other moment too. But it's just it's so it's it's so bondy. <laughs> but it's it but it's not and it's ah oh. I know. It's we we have a good year in front of us with a couple of blemishes, but mainly good. Mainly good, yeah. So, because we're, we're about ready to go record our... Our first of 13? 11. First 11. of 11 crossover podcasts uh, with, with our good friends. Well, if we're doing every, anim- if we're doing every superhero film plus um, Solo... Yeah, Solo was on the list. Yeah. The, the Trevor sent. Because um, there's, ele- there's just 11 superhero movies on their own. 
But I think, but that list that he sent, I know included Solo. I, did, I don't know if it included Ready Player One. That might just be us. Okay. It might just be us having to do our own special. That's fine. For that. But yeah, we're, we're tentatively going to do 11 crossovers. And so the first one will be Black Panther. We're recording this uh, actually tomorrow night, which I'll, I will make sure that I get a hold of the recording. So we'll get it out the door, um, hopefully by Thursday of this week. Mm-hmm. That's my goal. So Black Panther, Avengers 3, Deadpool 2, Solo, Incredibles 2. Oh, I, I know the Ant-Man of okay. the Wasp, Teen Titans Go, the movie Venom. yeah. X-Men, Dark Phoenix, Into Spider-Verse, Aquaman. Mm-hmm. It's because they moved New Mutants to next year. That's that, true. That's, that's right. Yeah, that's up. what that saved <clears throat> us on that one. So, mm-hmm. oh my God, that's going to be a great list. Super excited about it. Yes. Mm. All, All right. right. Should we should we talk about what we're supposed to talk yeah, about? Yeah, let's talk about what we're supposed to talk about. So, I was really excited for this week because Nighttime, which is the first episode we're talking about. Oh, we're talking, okay, switching it up? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, this you, is... The... You also have Nighttime and... Uh, Firefly. Firefly. Okay. Yes, yeah, good. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, this is easily my favorite Superman episode so far. Yeah. So do you know what this episode was going into it? Or did you go no. completely cold? Okay. I, I had seen the clip of Bane fighting Superman but before. You were, okay, but you weren't but I didn't sure know that was where this episode. it came from. Okay. Right. Yeah. So this this is one of... It is, I think, the best Superman episode. Because it's a Batman episode. <laughs> it's a basically Batman episode. But, I mean, it, it, it is still the end of the day. It is a Superman episode. Like, yeah. So basically what it is is... That Batman has gone missing, and so Superman heads over to Gotham to figure out what's going on, and Robin's like, every time I show up for the bat signal and Batman's not there, it gets worse and worse, so Superman mm-hmm. decides to dress up as Batman and investigate. Yeah. What a great fucking setup. It's so good. For an episode. And um, this is this is a storyline that's been done multiple times in the comics, Yeah, uh, and it also happened once in um brave and the bold oh did it yes oh that's got to be good it's so good because it's it's just just the scene of the review because it's if you have you watched a brave and the bold episode uh i've seen clips okay i've I've seen uh the gotham sirens singing about how aquaman is sexually impotent yes yeah (laughs) um (laughs) or inadequate so so the the setup for those episodes is the cold open is always an ending of oh okay right of, of of them if him teaming up with one person and that is ending yeah um so it just feels like it's a constant stream of episodes so it, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a cold open of them too i do love me a good cold open yeah mm. and it's uh you see like batman take off his hood and it's superman and then you see superman like take his face off and it's batman it's batman probably wearing the and batman mask oh yeah absolutely right? yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just it's so good but this this one is is just as good well what i love about this too is it throws a fun challenge at both kevin conroy um but also tim daly mm-hmm. because so obviously for the most part whenever batman is speaking it's superman doing a really good impression which he says he can do because he's got both really he's, good he's muscle perfect control. muscle control yeah. yeah and a good ear so but it's Kevin Conroy playing what he thinks Superman would be like playing Batman. Yes. And even just the way they go into the animation of it, too. Like, when Superman first shows up dressed as Batman to talk to Commissioner Gordon, the way he's standing. Like, he's standing, like, way, way, way too straight, and his head's way far back there. Yeah. Because he thinks that's what Batman would do. Right. The My favorite little thing about this is after they fight Clayface and they go and arrest Mad Hatter. Oh, Bane. Um, they fight Bane. So yeah, they fight Bane and they go and arrest Mad Hatter, and you see Robin comes up and like puts the handcuffs on, and you see Superman like struggling to not smile, yeah, because he's still supposed to be Batman, yeah, and like Mad Hatter's looking at him smile and he's like so confused, and he's like, 
you can see him just like fighting the urge of like I have to be serious. Yeah. And that that was just like such a perfect like that's what how I imagine the perfect moment between the two of them. Yeah. It's do- it's all done in little subtle things. Like uh, so at one point Robin and Superman have to break into Wayne Enterprises, which one little quibble here. Wouldn't they just have a, a like a built-in entrance at this point? They should. They really should. But one of the things I love is that Superman makes a comment about not being used to doing all the sneaking around. And Robin's like, well, that's half the fun. Yeah, it's what we do. Yeah, and I think that's always been one of the strengths of Robin, either the Tim Drake iteration or Dick Grayson, is that Robin does have fun with this. Like, it mm-hmm. can be fun. You do get to swing around the city and, like, beat the crap out of bad guys and sneak around. And I think we start to see Superman a little bit having fun with it because he can have fun in a way that Bruce would never let himself admit that he enjoys it or right. ever actually enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other, the other little detail is when he first does meet Gordon and he, being Batman, uh, and he like, Gordon hands him a photo and he's just like staring at it. He doesn't know who it is. Yeah. Right. And so Robin has to be like behind him whispering like, it's Bane. That, that's Bane in the corner. Yeah. It's like, oh, Bane is oh, right. back. Bane. I, I oh, I'll, I'll, I'll fix this. I also love that their, their visual indication of how that worked is they zoomed in on not where his actual ear would be, but like the actual bat ear. Yeah. Like that's center framed. <laughs> it's such a silly little detail, mm-hmm. but it it is really, really fun. They have so much fun with this and we get to see them have fun with yeah. it. Yeah. And what I like too is this is an all-star episode. Like I think this is a perfect example of why having a sort of shared continuity is so great. And I think... This is something that I think Marvel's actually getting pretty good at, too. Yeah. Of more or less just like having a scene where a lot of people show up that are coming from disparate places and they just get to play out a scene and then kind of disappear and go on and we can continue the story. Because mm-hmm. in this... Because even the opening scene, it's a Batman villain in yeah. Metropolis. It's Roxy Rocket, who, because of the weird way I've structured the podcast, we always do a Superman and a Batman. We haven't met her yet. Okay, I was a little confused. Yeah, yeah. So we're, I think... I want to say two episodes from now is... Is Roxy Rocket? Is the introduction of Roxy. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I don't remember much about her. I'm not sure if she's even from the comics or not. She might be a cartoon original character. She <laughs> feels like an original. Yeah. Right to us if we're, if we're wrong, which we probably are. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we meet her first and she's in Metropolis because as she puts it, like, well, Batman gone, like... There's, it's crime. Yeah, we weren't crazy. sure if, if you were gone too. Yeah. yeah. So, I, like, don't you guys have some sort of like meetup club? Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think it was sad. Superman's like, well, we're not exactly friends. I'm like, oh, come on. Mm-hmm. You guys are buds at least. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a friendly rivalry. It is. Yeah. And I think it's fun. This episode, too, actually, if you, if you think about it in the, the overall arc of the DCAU, actually pretty critical in, I think, bringing them a little bit closer Absolutely. together. Because Superman saves. Batman. I mean, he, he saves Bruce's life. He saves Robin. He steps in and, and helps out. Saves when, Gotham. Saves Gotham. Saves, like, I guess the planet, because Brainiac yeah. probably was going to... Spoiler, Brainiac's <laughs> I guess, in yeah. it. Yeah, destroy oh, the planet. Right, yeah. But it, you can see where, given the circumstances, Bruce would develop a slightly less begrudging respect for Superman for, for stepping in and helping, but not necessarily overstepping his bounds. Right. That, you know, it wasn't just that Superman shows up as Superman to clean up the city. Yeah. It's that he does his best to do things... As Batman. As Batman. Mm-hmm. Which is, it's just, it's fun to see that play out. And I, I, jumping back a little bit, kind of tying it in too, though, I love that scene where it's Bane, Riddler, and Mad Hatter teaming up together to just go on a crime spree, and that, given that Batman's gone. Mm-hmm. 
And if you think about it, that is the perfect trio to defeat Batman. Oh, yeah. You have the muscle, the brains, and the psychological destruction yeah. we've said it before that if the mad hatter weren't getting in his own way he would be one of batman's deadliest villains mm-hmm. because he is a fucking genius and he really understands this tech yeah and although they don't play up as much in the dcau bane is also crazy smart more so in the comics than here but like mm-hmm. that is an actually really deadly trio of people yeah you know especially with bat girl and nightwing gone i love that they were looking for raza ghoul the little reference there yeah some guy named Ghoul. So, yeah, some ghoul guy. Yeah, which is Robin left there. Like, that would have been, like, a serious threat. Yeah. But I just love that we get to have all of them in there. And the Penguin, too. Yeah. I forgot about this. Yeah, like, they stop off and visit the Penguin. Oh, yeah. For, yeah, that was an oh. amazing scene. Kick the desk. What? <laughs> just, just, just just, do it. <laughs> yeah, and the, a Superman kick sends the thing flying. Yeah. But again, Superman is uncomfortable trying to act like batman and so robin he's, he's uncomfortable him. yeah uh being like uh inter like to interrogate someone yeah uh, except for wait didn't he hold someone out a window recently yeah, yeah. that was that was for lois <laughs> that's true yeah it's a pretty batman-esque move but mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's a great move but even just having a scene dedicated to stopping by and interrogating the penguin it makes the whole world feel really built up and fleshed out at this point right and I, I like the new role the Penguin has filled. because we, we talked about the fact we didn't, they didn't know what to do with him the first time around. Mm-hmm. He was just kind of another caper-style villain. Yeah. And to hear have him have a legitimate nightclub, but he's so deeply ingrained in the other world, he knows what's going on. Right. He's the guy who, with his ear to the ground. Yeah. Which I feel like that's a role he's played oftentimes in the comics, mm-hmm. too. And it gives him this nice little niche where he, he is kind of keeping a toe in both like the legitimate real world and also the underground and trying to like balance those two things with this constant interruption in the form of Batman. Yeah. He does it much better than what Bub Bubby? What's the the sailor? Oh Bibbo? Bibbo. Bibbo Babaski? Yeah. I don't know if we even ever get him again. That's fine. I don't because Penguin does it better. He does it better. Yeah. I don't know if we does Bibbo come around in season three? Maybe. I feel like we get a glimpse of him in Justice League. He must be in the crowd at Superman's funeral. I'm sure he is. Yeah, I would be surprised they didn't have him in there. Um, But I I also felt like, I think this is our first time seeing the new iterations of Bane, Riddler, and the Mad Hatter, right? Yes. So what do you think of their new designs? I like the old Mad Hatter. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I like the old Mad Hatter and the old Riddler. Okay. Um, Bane, Bane was close enough. I still like him. Yeah. Yeah, this version... It's of, pretty similar to the old yeah, one. Yeah, this one, this Bane's a little more S&M, like the, like the spiked collar yeah. and stuff like that. I do like this version better, though. I think I kind of like moving away from the sort of luchador look. Okay. I don't know, he just seems more intimidating this time around. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a different voice, but actually it is the same. Um, so, I mean, w- it's interesting you like the original Hatter better, because I, I understand the Riddler. I think the Riddler's one of the few designs that I think lessened going from old to new the the riddler design is kind of always all over the place it is in every iteration they do something crazy with him yeah well this which one, is fine because you get to see cool ideas yeah like this one feels very frank gorshin the 60s yes version because it's basically just like a bright green jumpsuit and a bowler hat mm-hmm. um he's bald now he's bald now too which i thought was kind of a, a weird choice I'm not sure why that was in there and i think i remember we never get a full Riddler episode in New Batman Adventures. He, he makes an appearance here. I feel like he makes an appearance somewhere else. I can't remember if he actually has any lines in that or not. And same with the Mad Hatter. I don't think we ever get a Hatter episode. Part this of is re- such a u- unique Hatter. 
And I like, I think part of, I guess for maybe from a design perspective, I can see why the old one is more appealing. I feel like this one has more personality though. Yes. He's quirky because he's always talking in rhymes. Mm-hmm. And you know, even when he mentions that the, the circuits have like of alien origin, he holds his hand up in this really weird way. And I feel like they put a lot of personality in there that we didn't get a chance to see out of him before. Yeah. Well, because well, the, the old Mad Hatter was just an obsessive person. Yeah. This Mad Hatter just seems like, like a psychopath. He's just quirky. Yeah. He's just weird. And I find him actually quite charming in a weird way in this too. Because <laughs> he's intimidated by a very overpowered Batman who can like throw off an Easter Island head and not get killed. Or I love too when he's trying, uh, when he's trying running, to escape. Yeah. And Superman just zips back and forth to block his way. And it's, it's, he's baffled by it. Mm-hmm. But he... Well, you also have to understand from their perspective, from the villain's perspective, they've been fighting Batman for, for, yeah, for, for a while. For years. And, and all now, of a sudden, he, yeah, now he's super strong and super fast. Like, I would just surrender. Yeah, I would yeah. even try and run at that, at that point. point. Well, and you can see where the Riddler, or not the Riddler, sorry, the Hatter basically does. Because he does help them. Yeah. Because he, he actually get, like, gets so excited at this really advanced like nanite technology that he's kind of into it. Mm-hmm. And I think... That's what I like about this whole dynamic is we get to see all these guys kind of fill into their own personal niche in this world. Um, I would have liked a little more Riddler, I think, though, because I love him in general. Me too. But, hey, we will always have, if you're so smart, why aren't you rich? That's right. One of the best episodes um, of so, all time. So I guess the plot of this mo- this episode <laughs> is Bruce has been infected by nanites Yeah. Um, by some unknown source. As we mm-hmm. learned from Mad Hatter, it is not... Wayne Tech, LexCorp, or Star Labs. Right. It seems alien. Mm-hmm. So as we said before, Brainiac. Brainiac. Which I guess we hadn't seen him in a while. No. I think because Superman says, oh, you must have like jumped from Lex's computers into uh, Wayne Tech computers. And I mm-hmm. guess the last time we saw him was when he kidnapped Lex Luthor in the basement of LexCorp, right? Right. Yeah. Um, what did you think about him being the ultimate villain in this? Uh, it took me by surprise. Okay. I mean, I, I got it when <clears throat> Mad Hatter said that it's not the other a- three. And I'm like, oh, it's Brainiac. Yeah. Um, but but I liked it. It it um, it makes it feel like a Superman episode. Because yeah. I did kind of forget that after a while, that mm-hmm. it's not a Superman episode. Yeah. Because, I mean, the, the whole middle of it's all Gotham. And to be fair, the, the finale is also set in Gotham, but just even the, the production design just skews slightly more Superman again when we're at the, the launch site because Brainiac's trying to escape. Yeah. We're back at the launch site. The ship looks more like Superman style. The whole room does a little bit too. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty good marriage though. It still feels flawless. It doesn't feel clunky. Right. Going between the two, which is impressive considering how totally different those two shows are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The, the scene with him fighting the rocket ship is cool. Uh, we see Brainiac blow up, and we assume he's gone, but obviously we know he's he'll, never he'll gone. He'll come back around. What I did, what I did, there's a couple things I thought was interesting in this. Um, one was the idea that Brainiac mentions that he researched Batman on the internet. Yes. Which I thought yes, was fun. the internet. I also liked that Superman was... The 1997 was, internet. Yo, God, right? Oh, just dial up, I think, at that point. I also so love... It was, it, it's pre-search engine. It's still message board internet. Uh, yeah, for me... I can never remember very specific internet milestones. I just remember that in 1998, we had to like wait a half hour for the <laughs> episode one trailer to download. And it was okay. like this tiny little window and it was super grainy and terrible. Uh, well, the milestones, uh, 97 or 98 was when the dancing baby gif became popular. Oh God. Right. Uh, and then 2001 was when internet 2.0 happened. You're, and that's okay. when we had 
Google became Google. Uh, Wikipedia became Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when all of the uh, the major sites of the internet formed. Came around. Okay, we're we're post Netscape into the Google era, huh? Yes, we're we're getting there. Yeah, I so I guess there must have yeah must have been message boards mm-hmm. like Batman fan message boards. My <clears> God, <throat> I can only imagine what those must have looked like. Oh, I, I dream of it. Yeah, uh, but I also love that Superman was wearing his super suit underneath the bat suit. I know when I when you saw him get burned, I was ready for the I was ready for a shirtless Superman moment. Oh, I was too, uh, and I was slightly disappointed. I was more disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, he was wearing his suit. He did he did have the consideration to take the cape off though for the first time. He did, yeah. He didn't have a cape stashed under a suit stashed under another cape. <laughs> it would have been a very much a, a hat on a hat sort of situation. Yes. But what I did find interesting is, so in this episode, we get two things that are super common in Superman stories. Mm-hmm. We got him having a fist fight with a also very strong opponent. Mm-hmm. We had him trying to smash up a flying object, like a spaceship or a missile or something like that. Yes. For some reason, both those times, they actually worked for me. Did you find them, did you feel they had a different I, feel than yes. in a normal Superman episode? Yes, because this wasn't a Superman episode. Fair enough. This is a Batman episode that features a fist fight and a missile getting blown up, yeah. which we don't see. Yeah. Um, I think that we're exhausted by it in Superman stories because we don't have the detective overlay on top mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, and I guess, I think in Superman, it's there oftentimes to fill space. Because mm-hmm. here we got, most of this episode's character work. Yes. Like the vast majority is character work. And then the action, I, I checked the timestamp. Uh, we don't learn it's Brainiac until four minutes left in the episode. Oh, shit. Yeah, I guess that's right. Like, way there at the end. Um, Yeah, and, and like, when Superman is... I guess it's only at the very end we finally get into, like, classic Superman territory of him trying to, like, destroy a ship as it's flying through space. But I guess it's felt kind of earned in a way that it didn't before because we got so much other good stuff before. Yeah. And I'd even say when he's fighting Bane, there is more character work going on there because he's also trying not to reveal who he is. Mm-hmm. So there's some, there's another, another level of stakes in that situation. That's not just waiting for Superman to defeat a powerful villain. Yeah. It's a great fucking episode. It's, it's, it, this is my new favorite Superman episode. Yeah. And it's I, great that it only took Batman to make it better. Yeah. But I mean, it, it's still grounded in Superman as a character and in the end it's a Superman villain, but we get, I think what, Superman animated series has always lacked was just like the the richness and the color that comes from the characters that are in Batman's world. Mm-hmm. And so being able to inject a lot of them. So I mean Bat- like Bruce, Robin, Gordon, Penguin, Bane, Mad Hatter, Riddler. Riddler. That's a lot. That's yeah. a lot of people in just one episode. Mm-hmm. And I love they can do that. I know. It's, you can't that's something you can And Roxy, Roxy Rocket. And Roxy, of course. Yeah. I mean you like that many people in like even say one of the CW shows is a full on like crossover event. Like this yeah. is just a single half hour episode that gets all that in there and it, none of it feels gratuitous. Oh my god, it's it's so fantastic. It oh my gosh. Yeah. It's it's on the short list. Yeah. Clearly for season three. Very, I told you, I told you easy. season three definitely picks up and i think it's because mostly we get a lot of other people coming in that's good um i i'm sure you would agree with this too i preferred nighttime to uh torch song yes. which is our batman episode of the week mm-hmm. how it wasn't a bad batman episode no it's just i i don't like the villain's motives just feel so creepy 
Yeah, because it's and also the the like the damsel in distress just seems like such a horrible person. It's a, it's a weird episode, yeah. So it's the introduction of Firefly, mm-hmm. and so it's yeah, Garfield Lins, and he's a, a pyrotechnic expert who goes on tour with this huge pop singer named Cassidy, and they used to date, and now she broke up with him, and he wants revenge, and so mm-hmm. he builds this Firefly suit to try and kill her, stalk her. I don't know. It, it turns it turns from murder to kidnap to destroying the city destroying the city which is a weird unnecessary escalation yeah um it it did i don't know there's there a lot of little things that i found a little bit odd um yeah. one right from the beginning why the hell would you put so many pyrotechnics in a small enclosed auditorium because that's the first way he tries to kill her yeah blowing up the room well they do mention that she is like just like just like a crazy performer they mentioned yeah. that a couple times. It so I feel like this whole universe uh, rarely shows its age. Yes, this I would episode. like to see. <laughs> I would like to see the ID of the girl Bruce is dating. Oh, I don't God. know if she is eighteen. Yeah, there, there's a lot of things in here that just <laughs> don't hold up well. Uh, I, I love. The songs that Cassidy actually sings, oh god, because they're they're terrible and they're, they're like so bad. Like, oh, there's like there's fire and then there's huge bits mm-hmm. of fire. It's very on the nose. It's it. Um, do you remember the Hex Girls from Scooby Doo? Yes, I do. That's actually. what she reminds me of. Oh, but the Hex god. Girls are still better than the Hex Girls are still better. Yeah, I don't. And know. also, there's um, uh, I'm gonna bring up our favorite movie, the original Triple X. Oh right. Uh, there's that German heavy metal band oh um uh oh go oh rammstein yes yes uh this thing's the fire song and when she's doing her fire thing oh all i God, could yeah. hear was their like fire fire burn yeah oh, song yeah. going on so okay so rammstein is most famous for the song du hast yes right du, du hast so it, there's a like english version right where he the, like they changed like you hate you hate you hate me do you yeah. know what he's actually saying no so I don't remember the exact lyrics, but it's like, du hast mich gefragt, and it keeps going on. I don't remember the words, but essentially he's saying like, oh, I asked you to marry me and you said no. So fuck you. That's <laughs> Amazing. The whole, that's the whole point of that song. I've, oh, I forgot about the, yeah, the, like the fire fry or whatever it was mm-hmm. from, oh, triple X. Oh, it, it, like, that's just an adrenaline movie. <laughs> you know, it's I so haven't, great. I haven't seen it in a long time. I might go back and revisit it at some you point. Should. I fucking great. loved it as a kid. <laughs> oh, it's, me too. It's so ridiculous. That was like, in like middle school, that was my favorite movie. Yeah. I actually like the score from that a lot too. I had the album. It was a good album. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. God damn it. <laughs> but yeah, Cassidy, like, who, who do you think she's supposed to be modeled off of? So let, let's... The the woman that voiced her, because I, I was also trying to figure that out. Yeah. The woman that voiced her is a is the front woman for a band called the Go-Go's. Oh, wait. The, oh, the Go-Go's. Who, who are the Go-Go's? I don't know. Okay. Um, but I assume she's parodying herself. That would make sense. Yeah. I... It, uh, it definitely shows its age. Like, the music's terrible. Like, even her her dress is very late 90s. Like yes. just the general way she dresses, like tube top, jean jacket. Um, she like this, the really short hair. She's like, she'd be, she would be great friends with Livewire. She would be. She's very, she is very Livewire. It's like, I feel like these are the two episodes that really show the age of the, the universe. Yes. Um, yeah, it, it was, uh, there's just a lot of weird little things. Like, yeah, the Bruce is there with some 
maybe like 20 year old yeah she, girl. she's easily the same age as barbara oh yeah which i i like barbara's reaction to it where she just yes. kind of laughs at him like blue bruce what the fuck yeah you doing? what are you doing here now what's interesting is so bruce is at this concert where firefly first attempts to kill cassidy and barbara's also there so eventually batgirl swoops in to save yeah cassidy you see bruce so yeah uh firefly just goes off the ends with the the pyrotechnics the whole place starts burning down yeah and you see bruce trying to save her but he can't get into his bat suit because yeah. uh the girl keeps trying to pull him out and so you see him so conflicted yes i said yes <laughs> okay you can i'm just, yeah. just gonna um you see them so conf- he's so conflicted trying to like he has to save her yeah but he can't show his skills as batman so finally, Batgirl comes to save the day. Do you think they did enough with that, or would you rather have Batgirl not been there and Bruce been put in a situation where he had to try and figure out how to help? No, I'm glad Batgirl came in. Okay. Because uh, we've seen that so many other times of, like, Batman running to the door of, like, you go out this way. Yeah. I'm going to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I really got to go. <laughs> I just got to go. Sorry, fire gives me the shit. <laughs> just go on without just me. It really opens up my colon. <laughs> I mean, I guess we kind of need it, too, because we did need at least one moment in this episode where a female character was capable of doing something positive. Oh, God. Cassidy is such a horrible person. So, okay, this is, I think, my, my biggest confusion in this episode. Because, I mean, it so basically just goes back and forth. Firefly is always trying to come up with traps to, to get her, and he eventually kidnaps her and is going to blow up the city. It's kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. But what's really interesting is the final scene is Cassidy at dinner with her manager, who's kind of set up as a sleaze all the way through. Right. And he's trying to pitch that they're going to take advantage of this and make it all fire-themed. He'd be great for the new YouTube platform. He he would be fantastic for it. (laughs) It, it, Which is interesting. He mentions both uh, Firestorm and Heatwave as Mm -hmm. possible names, so the reference is there to the the DC comic characters. Yeah. But um, like someone lights like a flaming dessert right in front of Cassidy, and she freaks out. As she should. Well, as she should. But what I found interesting is this kind of reminds me of the end of If You're So Smart, Why Aren't You Rich? Where, like, a a secondary character, I guess in this case, kind of a tertiary character, um, sort of gets their comeuppance. Mm -hmm. Did that feel that way to you, too? Was it this weird kind of moment? Like... I'm I'm glad that she had to deal with the PTSD of that. Because, like, I feel like there's a line that they missed in this episode that explains kind of the relationship better yeah. because you see him you see firefly is just obsessed with her yeah and he keeps saying they dated mm-hmm. and then you see cat you see bruce or batman talking to cassidy and she says like oh you know we got dinner a couple times yeah like um, she's definitely trying to downplay it yes but at the same time um at the very beginning i don't know if you remember this line uh firefly says um you just used me yeah, and so I'm. I don't know how. It, it it's it's weird. There's not. Yeah, there's almost there's not enough context to know what that relationship was actually I, like. I needed one more line that said how she abused the relationship because you see that she just uses people. Yeah, because she tries to use. Batman, she tries to seduce Batman and into that, being security. When, but the thing is, when that doesn't work, she does have a moment of vulnerability, which is like, like, sorry, like I'm just scared. I don't know what to do, and so mm-hmm. like. It, it, oh, I, I didn't see that as vulnerability. I oh. saw that as her trying another route. Oh, okay. So I read that as actually genuine in that moment. Because then the next, like, she turns around and then she's just, like, annoyed. Yeah. Because well, I saw that as just, like, a secondary tactic. Oh, maybe. 
it, it's just, it's a weird tone they strike mm-hmm. with her. I, I couldn't tell what they were going for. I wasn't sure who we're supposed to feel sympathetic for, because I don't really feel very sympathetic for either. I mean, obviously, no. slightly more so for Cassidy, because she's nearly being murdered by, like, a crazy stalker. Yeah, and they, she has an asshole manager. An asshole manager. But they definitely position her to be not entirely sympathetic, especially given that last shot. So I just, I didn't know what they were going for. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure what they were trying to make us feel about her. Right. That's why I said, I feel like there's one line that we missed. Yeah. It, it just, I think for me, it gave the, the whole episode just kind of this weird tone. Like mm-hmm. and even then the whole thing just feels a little bit sexist. Like she's called both a tramp and a beast by different people, like different male characters in it. And I, it just, and also Firefly's motives kind of went off the rails. Yeah, at the end of it, he's like, oh, I'm going to pour this really advanced flame gel into the drains of Gotham and, and then blow up blow the up entire the city, city yeah. and then you and I will, like, disappear. Like, what? Where would you... Why? Yeah, I know. Um, so we'll keep the first act. Okay. Um, how would you have liked this episode to been propelled? Oh, that's a good... Because we've seen obsessive people before. Yeah, I mean, uh, this... we had the 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 Superman episodes with the guy who's obsessed with Lois. Oh, Lightner. Yes. Yeah, I mean, even back to Mad Hatter, like he was obsessed with Alice. That's right. Yeah. Um, I uh, see. Because hmm. also, I'm... Batman doesn't do much in this episode. He, really he gets doesn't. beat up a lot. He does get beat up a lot, as is Batgirl, which is their justification for why she's not around in the finale. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. It's it's like they're walking this weird tightrope, and I would have liked to have seen it go one way or the other. I would have liked to either have uh, Firefly been more sympathetic, maybe closer to, like, the original Riddler episode or Mr. Freeze. Yeah, he just wanted revenge. Yeah, where, like, he was genuinely slighted in some way. But it, to do that, though, it had to have been more than him getting his heart broken. Like, she would have had to do something more than that. So I guess, I guess probably better they should have just committed more to her being the victim here mm-hmm. her more being like a pretty decent person put in a real bad I think, situation um the way they could have handled that is combine her and the manager character oh that's like she's talking to the next like the new pyrotechnic person yeah of like i have this huge idea i'm gonna i'm gonna start this new tour and then that's when she sees the fire like as she's talking about it she sees the fire dessert yeah and that's when the ptsd hits you're right that would have been more interesting if, mm-hmm. if, if she was leaning into it and then we saw that she was going to have to pay for the way she treated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. I don't know. How would you do it differently? I guess you just kind of answered that. I suppose, yeah, way. I don't know. Because there's also that weird scene where Firefly gasses the recording studio and the dire- and her manager just leaves her. Yeah, leaves her behind. Mm-hmm. So again, it's like, they, it's like the writers couldn't quite decide if they wanted us to feel sympathetic towards her or not. Right. And it, it it's weird because I like Firefly as a character. Mm-hmm. And weirdly enough, I think I mostly like him because of this show. But he has another appearance later on that I kind of like a little bit more. Okay. Um, I like him a lot. And I like that he's part of this. But this episode just didn't quite click for me. But there are some good things in here, though. Mm-hmm. Mostly- we have the best line of the season, of the series. Yes. Oh, my God. This. Yes. I, I will I will defer to you on this I will, one. Oh, are we going over it now? Yeah. I was going to save it to the end. No, um, maybe we're, we're closing on the end, I think. Yeah. So. Uh, Barbara is doing research at the police station mm-hmm. and on the phone with Bruce and Bruce says the line, what are we going to do tonight? Or what are you doing tonight? And she slides in the the same thing we do every night, Pinky. 
and goes right over I his head. Lost it. At that <laughs> that is the best reference. Oh, because you didn't know that was coming. I had no idea. See, I remember that line from oh back in the gosh, day because it, it hit me in the same way. I'm like, that's brilliant. That was so good. Oh, I, it's a it's a fantastic yeah. one. See, we yeah. Get, we get that line. We get some more Alfred because he hasn't been around mm-hmm. a lot. We get a little more of him. And then, of course, we get the fucking awesome fireproof bat suit. Yeah. I love that suit. I know. When, when I saw the silhouette, I wrote in my notes, I said, ooh, new bat toy. New bat toy, yeah. <laughs> Do, uh, actually, so the um, the DC, the really nice DC toys, like my Batman Beyond one, they did one of that fire suit. I think I've seen that one before because that's a great looking suit. That's a great suit. I'm about to track that down. Also, I think... I think this is the first time we've gotten a specialized bat suit yet in the DCAU, right? Uh, I believe so. Is there an underwater one? No. I don't think yet. yet. No, no, I've okay. never seen... I don't think he has a dedicated underwater suit. Okay. Because I feel like they didn't even start doing the, the specialty suits until Superman. Okay. And that's when they get like, the space suit, yeah, and, like, yeah, the yeah. suit and everything like that. Hi, Yogi. Um, um, yeah, this is the first specialized bat suit then. Yeah, it's awesome. And it's he's great. got like... Um, like the um, like the flame retardant gun, the kind of like freeze gun. Yeah, it yeah. feels like like the first draft of the Batman Beyond suit. It does, yeah, because it, it clearly has like some like mechanized elements in there. But yeah, yeah. it's like it's all black and has the gray bat symbol on it. It's, mm-hmm. it's a really it's a really cool, it's a really sleek look. Looks. I'm glad it's it's almost kind of like halfway between a bat suit and Steel's armor. Yes, it's yeah, a lot like I, I that. could yeah. I could see him with a hammer. Yeah, right. Oh, that'd be that'd be sick. Yeah, I'm down. An ice hammer. Yeah. <laughs> Big old bat hammer, little little pointy bat ears on the yeah. top of it. Actually, have you ever read uh, Kingdom Come? Y- yes. So in that, yeah, in set, it's set in the far future. In mm-hmm. that, Steel has switched allegiance to Superman to Batman, and he wears like a steel suit, but it's got the bat ears and a cape and the bat symbol. Yes, I do. And he okay, carries I around. That. I feel like he carries around like some sort of lance or something like that mm-hmm. instead of uh, a hammer. Yes, I, which, I remember which is that. Cool. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, overall, though, it's it's kind of a weird episode, and the, the fight at the end is kind of boring. Mm-hmm. Um, All the fighting in this guy. I, Bat, we, we used to talk about in BTOS a lot how the writers would weaken Batman yeah. just so the villain could seem more villainous, and I feel like they brought that back for this episode. Yeah, that, that's kind of the case here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like, kind of like Livewire, I think for me, Firefly's a villain that you kind of have to have one episode that introduces who they are, mm-hmm. but then whenever they get to have an appearance later on, I think they're more interesting than having a whole episode dedicated to them. Yeah. Cause yeah. the other, cause we've seen them do the weakening a few times, but it's usually, at least the, my favorite one is for the comedic value when like he was just letting Robin and bat and Batgirl go and fight. And he was just kind of standing there. Oh yeah. <laughs> like that's my favorite way of weakening them. But yeah. this one, it, it just kind of felt like the, an old BTOS episode of just like, yeah. I can't punch fire. Yeah. It's it's on the weaker end of the stuff. I wouldn't it's not the worst of No, it's still a good episode. It's still decent. Yeah. I might we'll we'll see how the rest of the season pans out if I would put it on my short list or not. Mm-hmm. But uh Yeah. Um so shall we mosey along to plugs at this point? Sure. Oh wait, I I did have any notes. I wrote some notes about Firefly. There's not okay. There's one. This is in, where he started, right? Yeah. So there's one okay. interesting thing about him, which was that the reason he only made an appearance now was that the the Fox Standard and Practices policies were much stricter okay. than they are with Warner Brothers. So that's obviously how we get blood in the episodes. Is how we can have a younger Robin, child in endangerment. Yeah. Where he's just getting shot at all the time. One of the things is is that Fox forbade any fire based characters. Interesting. In their run when they were airing the show. So by the time they came over here, they were able to include 
Firefly. And they went over the top with that fire. Yeah. There was it, so much destruction. So much fire. Which, if you think about it, this does kind of feel like it was written in a BTOS era. I almost wonder if maybe the first draft of this was done back in the early 90s. That wouldn't and surprise me. they held me. on to it until now. Because, yeah, you could totally replace Batgirl with Robin through this whole episode. Yeah, and it would have been basically... Because that happened to Robin all the time, where he would like get a little bit injured, and then he would be missing out on the climax. And that would explain uh, uh, Alfred being there, too. That's true. Um, so a couple cool I think we've cracked it. We did it. We solved it. All right, let me get through. A f- There's some cool, kind of interesting little tidbits about Firefly. I'll try and get through them kind of quick here. So... So Garfield Lins is the original Firefly. So he was uh, introduced in Detective Comics number 184 in June of 1952. Uh, Dick Sprang had involvement in his creation, which kind of makes sense. But the interesting thing is the original version was not a pyrotechnic guy in a firebug suit. It was a down-and-out film special effects expert who basically goes broke, and so he attempts to rob a movie theater by setting a fake fire. So <laughs> Batman and Robin show up and stop him, but he's able to get away. And in the darkness, Batman sees a firefly in the distance, which he th- mistakes for Lynn's cigarette. And so Batman goes in the wrong direction after him. So then Firefly names himself after that firefly. And his whole shtick was using different like lighting effects and optical illusions in his crimes, not being a pyro bug. So he's more like Mysterio from Spider-Man. Exactly. Or I think, okay. I think this version is in Brave and the Bold. I think that version of Firefly more is in line with... It It sounds familiar. Yeah. I, I don't remember that episode exactly. Because when I looked him up, apparently in the Brave and the Bold episode that he's in, that's when Batman uses his rainbow suits. Yes. Okay, I do remember that episode okay, now. So I clearly got to go watch, if anything, just that episode alone because yes. I fucking love the Batman rainbow suit. Um, yeah, but so then it was post-crisis. They went to the idea of him being like a pyrotechnic expert and an arsonist. And I guess he like sees visions in the fire and is super crazy. And at one point he teamed up with Killer Moth, but even Killer Moth found him too crazy to work <laughs> with, so he got rid of him. And then he's appeared in Arrow, but it was just they used the name and he was like a firefighter that like got left in a burning building. And went, yeah. I remember this episode, like kind of went rogue. But I tried to look up his history in Gotham. Because in Gotham it's not uh Garfield Lynn's, it's Bridget Pike. It's okay. kind of a cool, different way of doing it. That show is so fucking nuts. I couldn't possibly try to explain to you the whole history of the character. I'll just say that the one note I wrote down was pimp hunting vigilante. Great. She becomes perfect. A, she becomes that at some point. Uh, in the Batman, he was more industrial espionage than a pyro bug. Because again, like the the restrictions got a lot tighter after this show. Mm-hmm. Like they stopped using guns, like less fire, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then of course he's in the Arkham games too, which is like mm-hmm. a pretty good iteration of him. But yeah, I got, kind of an interesting kind character. Kind of all over the place. He is kind of all over the place, yeah. Um, I feel like he's one of those that could easily pop up as like almost like a cold open sort of thing in a Batman movie, and it'd be cool to see him there. Yeah. I could see it. He could have been like a good Nolan-era villain, just kind of pop in somewhere. But Yeah, yeah, because yeah, he, cause he doesn't need super high-tech things. No, oh, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's my bad. Yeah, yeah. Like any... He can be like... You can... There's so many different versions of him. He can be any level of villain. Yeah. Be just like a guy with a flamethrower to the full-on bug mask jetpack. Yeah. Which I like the bug mask jetpack. I like it's, it's a cool suit. He's got that yeah. cool flame sword. Oh, that was so cool. It's really awesome. Yeah. No, no. I, I, I like him. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see him once more in uh, another one of my all-time favorite episodes. Great. So looking forward to that. But now 
Let us get on to bat plugs. Bat plugs. What are you? You can you can start this time. What are you watching, listening, reading to? Okay, sure. Uh, so I realized the other day that there's a few of the um, DC animated movies that I actually haven't seen. So I'm trying to like catch up on some old ones. One of those was Superman Unbound, which is okay. based off of like the Superman Brainiac comic from Jeff Johns. I feel um, like I've seen this one. So this is the one where Matt Bomer is the voice of Superman. Yes. Which he should it. he should have just been Superman. I know. Or night. Mm, wait. Nightwing. Always Nightwing. Nightwing. Nightwing yeah. Yeah. He, he was always my number one choice for Nightwing. Matt Bomer for Nightwing. Uh, yeah, he's got the right assets for it. So Good word. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not great, I'm going to be honest. It like there is good voice casting, so it's him. It's uh, Molly Quinn, who is in Castle. Oh, I remember this She's one. Supergirl. Okay. Um, Stana Kadic from also from Castle, is <laughs> Lois. And then John Noble, who was like the dad in Fringe, I never watched. But he's got a good voice for Brainiac. But it just, it's another one of those movies that it just has a very generic plot. A lot of the character motivations are just weird and unclear. There's really clunky expositional dialogue. And like the general idea is that Superman, like Supergirl has just arrived and she knew Krypton and she misses it. Yes. And she doesn't know what her place is in the world. And then a Brainiac drone appears. So Superman ventures out into space to try and track down Brainiac, leaving Supergirl alone on Earth. Mm-hmm. So it's cool because it does give Supergirl a lot to do. Yes. Um, and it gives her kind of an interesting arc. But overall, it's just it's not great. I love Brainiac as a character. I love all those characters, actually. Mm-hmm. But it just never really gelled in a great way. It was... Yeah. Mm, Yogi's spotted something. That's, hang on. Yogi! Okay. All right. I think he's... <laughs> he stopped barking. Um, didn't quite click for me. So that that's one of my plugs. I mean, I guess it's if you like Superman, it might be worth renting on iTunes. like four yeah. bucks. Um, my other one is... So, I mean, Black Panther in general, it's fucking amazing. Go see it. But specifically, both the soundtrack and the score. God, that's so good. It's amazing. I've been listening. I've mostly listened to movie scores, like when I'm at my desk working. And I've been listening to that a lot the last few days. Mm-hmm. It's so It's so good. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just got so much energy to it. I fucking love it. It's amazing. So, yeah. So, go, go give that a listen. Stop listening to us. Go listen <laughs> to the Black Panther soundtrack. It's way better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so those are those are mine. How about you? Great. Um, Black Panther, clearly. Yeah. Everyone go watch it. Um, go listen to our crossover podcast when it comes out. A few eventually. days from now, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. But the plan is to try and get out as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, and then, I, I mean, I was gone for a week, so I didn't get to watch a lot. Did but you I, read hmm? The New Frontier uh, uh, on the plane when you were uh, traveling across country with a nice... No, like, because nice, I did like, watch... five and a half, six-hour flight. Uh, I did directions. watch... <laughs> Three billboards. Okay, you what? No. I'm not. No, no. I'm gonna say you haven't actually seen Three Billboards because if you watch, I a, saw a a wonderful rendition of Three Billboards. You can't watch a Martin McDonough film without swearing. That the man is a lyricist with swear well, words. Uh, so I watched it on the plane through the like the plane app. Yeah, and sent it to family friendly flight. They I I watched the censored version. God. Which was so funny, oh my God. because it's it, it's not the version where they bleep out the curse words; it's the version where they try and cover it with other words. Yeah, and it just made it so much more entertaining. What were some of the best ones? I I couldn't I couldn't even <laughs> tell you. They were so far beyond what I could even imagine. Oh God damn it! You've seen In Bruges, right? No, you haven't seen. No, In Bruges. I know. I keep forgetting. I need to put it. Closer to the top of my list. All right, we're going to do a BFC one night where we <laughs> sit down and watch In Bruges. It's, 
It's his best movie. Okay. And he's even acknowledged that it's his best movie. It's it's really fucking good. I've heard it's great. Yeah. yeah. But again, his his capacity to swear. <laughs> Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing, I, I just started it before coming over here. Um, Everything Sucks on Netflix. I watched the first oh, episode. Oh, it's the 90s. Yes. Okay. Yeah. How is it? Uh, episode one, I, I just watched the first episode. Okay. Um, the story seems fine so far. Um, I'm not super attached to any of the characters yet, mm-hmm. but the soundtrack so far is, is perfect. So what year is it set in? Uh, uh, not really said. Okay. But I, don't, like I don't think they said it yet. Early like 90s. Like mid 90s. Mid 90s. Okay. Um, yeah, I, w- I would say like 94 would be my guess. Okay. Um, but it's great. It opens up with um, oh god, one of the songs from the super or not super, from the Digimon soundtrack, which is why I jumped into it super fast. Oh, um, of course, of course. What is that song? Um, I, I couldn't tell you. I've never seen a single Digimon movie. You should watch the movie. I don't because the, there's only one. I don't think I should. But the soundtrack is so oh. good, Chris. Oh. It's like. Oh. So like, so it's different because like the Pokemon soundtrack is amazing because that's the one that has like every '90s pop band is like in sync is on that soundtrack. 98 Degrees is on that soundtrack. Britney and Christina are on that soundtrack. Fuck, really? Yeah. What? But but none none of those songs are in the movie. Oh. It's just like it's just like they compiled popular '90s things and, and slapped s- the Pokemon label on it. Okay. I mean, clever. Yeah. So. Good on them, I guess. Uh, the Digimon movie is different because it it's ama- so it's, it has a one week by the bare, bare naked ladies, Kids of America, Rockefeller Stank, All Star. The impression that I get that's the song that it opens with. Okay, um, but just like these great '90s songs, that they com- that they perfectly mix into the movie. Yeah, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about no. the show. Uh, the impression that I get is the opening song. Okay, that I was trying to get to. Oh, well, thank God you found it. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'll I'll just plug those those three things for now. Wait, Two they? and a half things. Oh, oh, that's right. I forgot about the, <laughs> three, the, billboards. the three billboards, which yeah. I'm not including because you didn't see the right version of it. <laughs> um, and then Everyone course, go watch the censored version of three <laughs> billboards. That's my plug. And then of course I'll, I'll track down that uh, Pixar just makes you cry. Yeah. Uh, video and throw that in the plugs as well. Um, but yeah, I think that does it for us. So uh, we're yeah. back. The, we're, we're back. We're back. He's back. He's back. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Um, mm-hmm. If you want to reach out to us, and uh, if you if you want to correct us on anything that we got wrong this week, I'm sure there was quite a bit in there. Email uh, us. Yeah, so we can be found at Tim Talk Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, Gmail. Uh, I am personally at Lordifer on Twitter and Instagram. I uh, I just bought myself a Black Panther Lego set. Nice. It's the uh, it's the Royal Talon is the name of his ship. Okay. Yeah, uh, so you'll probably see some photos of me <laughs> having built that in the next few days. Great. Um, if you want to reach out to Cameron and wish him a happy birthday. Yes. Where can they find you, Cameron? Uh, you can find me at camdexter underscore adventures. Um, and yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because you're not really doing much with the other one. Yeah. At this point. Yet. And I think it's, it's, it's going to come back. I want to bring it back for Ready Player One. Yeah. And then, so, okay, so this is going to come out on the 20th. And yes. I think that's a week before your... Yes, yeah, so uh, Core Memories Co., which is my upcoming T-shirt project, will be opening February 28th. Uh, if you're a fan of Disney or the DCOMs, 
or Disneyland or any parks, uh, check it out because we have some stuff coming out. They're they're really awesome. Are any of the designs up on Instagram yet? Uh, if you if you scroll through my my page, you can okay. see a few of them. We're starting to tease the shirts this week. Okay, oh, you tease you. Yep. Uh, yeah, they're they're really really awesome. Thank you. So yeah, um, I'm particularly excited for. I think, oh, it's the. Um, you have a Matterhorn one. I do have a Matterhorn That's, one. Yeah, it's a Matterhorn one that I like. Mm-hmm. I, really, I really, really like. Thank you. You're going to get me to wear crewnecks. Yes, I am. I hope you understand what a big deal that is. Y- yes. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I don't wear crewnecks. I hate them. I legitimately hate them. Mm-hmm. But these shirts are so awesome that I will <laughs> find myself in a crewneck. Can you make me a custom V-neck? Is that... Potentially. We'll talk about it. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Who's our sponsor this week? <laughs> oh, shit. I forgot to look that up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, they're going in. I'm sure they're great. They're going they're, they're, in they're right going here. They're going in right, about, right around now. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. And like I said, the Black Panther uh, crossover with the podcast of Two Worlds and the Novice and Frank, my goal is to try and get it out on Thursday. Great. So two days I from will now. start making art. Yeah, yeah, please. Please, yeah, <laughs> we need the art. Uh, but, yeah, thanks, everyone. Thanks, guys. Bye. Hello, I'm Sean Christopher. And I'm Kyle Cecina. And we are the co-hosts of Cite This Podcast, the Wikipedia of podcasts. Each week we dive into the nethers of the online wikiverse, exploring the weirdest articles and even weirder lists. From top secret government projects to wild fears and phobias to over the top Star Wars backstories, we got it all. With special guests in comedy, comics, and more, you won't want to miss it. So come on and dive down the rabbit hole with us every Wednesday on SoundCloud and iTunes as part of the Nerdist School Network. The Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit nerdistschool.com.